Well, Stephen, great to meet you across the wonders of Zoom. Um, just in case there is anybody out there who doesn't know who you are, tell us who you are. Uh, I'm Stephen Lake. I'm the Dean of Gloucester and uh, a great friend of someone, uh, a lesser known Bishop of Tewkesbury. Oh yeah, that would be me, uh, lesser known Bishop Robert of Tewkesbury. Um, and uh, there we are, they've let the boys loose on the podcast this week. That's probably a rather dangerous thing to do, isn't it? No idea who drew up the rotor. Um, no, I, I can't think for a minute who drew up the rotor, um, although I think it might have been me. But I did think that we should go last out of this le little sequence to, in order to, to right any wrongs that might have been said. Oh, yeah. Always, always best to, uh, uh, to, to save the best till, till last. Um, I, I was thinking of moments that we've shared, and um, uh, one of them was uh, a, a trip to Israel, uh, what is it, two, three years ago now? Uh, with a group from the cathedral, and it was great to tag along with that. Um, and uh, remembering that, I was remembering particularly a visit we went, to, we took to the Church of the uh, Visitation just outside uh, Jerusalem. Do you remember that place? Well, I do indeed, because it was the first day, and we were all a bit tired after the flight and uh, the whole journey. But uh, of course, it was a good place to be because that was where at the end of that day, uh, Mary said the, the Magnificat, which of course in the cathedral we use every day for even so, not that we can at the moment. But I think the reason you're mentioning this is because um, on the 1st of June, uh, when this podcast goes out, is the Feast of the Visitation of Mary to Elizabeth, transferred from the day before. So actually, um, we were there together uh, on uh, on this day in that uh, liturgical sense. It, yeah, and it is. It's it's a it's a lovely uh, lovely setting. Uh, lots of fields around it, and I remember there's a path that leads up to the church. Uh, and and if I'm entirely honest, inside the church there's a fairly underwhelming modern fresco. But but just outside the church in the garden, there's a lovely statue of Mary and Elizabeth uh, meeting each other and greeting e each other. Um, very plain, very simple statue, but it's that, that lovely sense of, of visitation, uh, Mary and Elizabeth visiting each other. And of course, uh, in the heart of that is, is God coming to visit us in uh, Jesus Christ. Um, but, but the whole thing of visitation is a bit kind of odd at the moment because the thing we can't do, of course, is go and visit anybody. Um, it must be really strange for you in the cathedral not having had uh, visitors for two months now. Uh, nearly three, of course, I think. And uh, we've only just been allowed to go back in like others into um, the cathedral church. It was 60 days um, that I hadn't been in the cathedral that towers above uh, where we live and um you know like all those responsible for for a church it was a very strange feeling i i was i was obviously itching to get back in and to go and pray and sit in my stall however it did feel strange because whilst we say all these wonderful things about buildings and sacred spaces and uh, it is the living stones and that's not a cliche that i think make the place and the fact that i was sitting in it and the doors were locked and remain locked was really quite painful. And I, I suppose, particularly for a cathedral that is meant to be open 365 days a year, is meant to be visited. Um, 
in Gloucester, we're sort of, of the um, the bottom of the uh, Champions League places in football terms of visitors. We have 400,000 visitors a year, not this year. And it, and it feels very strange that people can't just come and go in a, in a cathedral way when we can't just come and go and visit families and friends. I, I don't know about you, Robert, but I'm... I'm waiting for the day when I can go and visit my father. He's the last of our parents down in Poole. Uh, and uh, uh, just thinking very much that he's, that he's on his own and has really only seen the odd neighbour over a fence. And I haven't seen him now for well over three months. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that's so true, isn't it? I, I, I like the person who said that the, about the last couple of months that it's a time when the wheelie bin has been out more than we have. <laughs> um, uh, and... Like you, we've got Helen's father, who we've not seen since all this began, and we've got our daughter up in North Wales, who we've not been to see, and that that sense of 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 missing, and yet also that sense of staying in touch and staying connected. I mean, in some ways, I think we've probably spoken to them more over the last two months than we would do do otherwise. Um, and how, how have you done that in terms of work? Because um, you know, the one thing a bishop does is visit worshipping communities. Well, not the one thing, I realise you do more than one thing, but, um, uh, you know, that, that's absolutely key for the diocese to keep in touch pastorally. Uh, and, and visiting, you, you can't do. How's that felt? I, I, I felt very strange. At times, it's felt pretty hard, if I'm honest, because I think particularly in the role of a suffragan bishop, I see my role has very much been, been out there going and, and visiting communities, visiting, uh, visiting people, visiting clergy. Um, and, and it's been really strange not to be able to go and do that. Um, and, and yet, through the telephone in particular, uh, and, uh, and through the uh, ubiquitous Zoom meetings, um, there is still that sense of really wanting to stay connected, connected to people. Um, and it's been really good to hear people's stories and, and, to, and to get a sense of the different emotions over this time. You know, looking back over the last two, three months, uh, that initial kind of rush, almost with a bit of adrenaline uh, of, of how we went into this and how we supported people going into this uh, uh, and all the things that we had to, to stop doing and then do differently and decisions that we had to take. And then really since Easter, that slightly quieter, in some ways more reflective time as we, uh, we lived with the, the virus. And now as we start to look to coming out of this and there'll be changes coming over the next days and weeks, trying to negotiate our way through this. Those sense of different emotions and feelings. Actually, I think some of it's going to be the hardest bits now coming out of this. Um, because it's easier to stay at home than it is to start going out and and staying alert. It's a tougher ask. It is, and in fact, I was reading only this morning some of the notes from our health and safety committee here, because as you can imagine, um, uh, opening up a building as large as this and as complex as this safely is quite a task. And and looking at the risk assessment and the list of things that we're going to do. Um, I mean, the building obviously is uh, as clean as it can be, uh, but but the effort that everybody here will have to go into to make it safe for visitors in a way that they can really enjoy it, obviously is a key task, 
but it but it's a huge task uh, and especially because we want to do it properly um I, I i'm sure you've noticed that uh, one of the things that has happened more in many ways has been folk being visited virtually uh, i know a number of the clergy have talked about this that you, you can't get around and go visiting all the time, but to be able to contact people and see them through something like a Zoom um, has been really beneficial for those who've got up to speed with the, the technology. Um, I, I, I know one of the diocesan clergy was saying they've done more visits virtually now than, than they would ever do. And you and I both know that when we get too busy, it's often visiting that is the first thing to go. Uh, and that that sense of keeping in touch has been really important. Um, but I want to take you back to that thing you're talking about risk assessment there. Uh, and I think you know, as that keeping in touch as we go from this, that that question of risk is going to come more and more significant. And of course, the reality of all of our lives is that there is risk. And if we go back to the visitation, the thing is that God takes this most extraordinary risk in sending Jesus to come and be born among us. I mean, of all the unsafe places to come to, sending your son to come and be born among us, uh, you might think that's absolutely daffing, but it's a sign. Uh, for me, the most important thing we know about God, it's a sign of God's great love for us, and he takes that risk, a risk that goes all the way to the cross and to the resurrection uh, and builds those relationships that we share. And if God can take that risk, then then we can do so competently as well. I'm I'm very aware that that church that we went to for the visitation is about seven or eight miles outside of Jerusalem at a village called Ein Karem, and uh, you know that's that's the pregnant Mary walking there, and then walking up probably all those steps that we complained about, uh, and then you get that amazing response of. The, um, the leaping in the womb and, and the song of the, of the Magnificat. Um, you're right about risk. Um, on the 1st of June, we re-enter what's called ordinary time. It may be a different ordinary uh, uh, liturgically for us, but uh, the wonderful thing, of course, is as the visitation shows that with God in Christ, nothing is ever ordinary again. No, it's joy and it's risk and it's ordinary and in the end it's then life uh, that, that God calls us to. I think we've gone on long enough, Stephen. I think you should, uh, you should pray for us. I'll do that and as I do so on this Feast of the Visitation, we pray for all those who yearn to visit and that the visit of Christ to us may be in our hearts every day. Yeah. Almighty God, by whose grace Elizabeth rejoiced with Mary and greeted her as the mother of the Lord, look with favour on your lowly servants, that with Mary we may magnify your holy name and rejoice to acclaim her Son, our Saviour, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Amen.